This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get it started. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Sportsnet today. It's July 4th, 2023. We're coming to live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Our first show since the NHL's free agency window opened on Saturday. It's been busy around the NHL, but not very busy for the Calgary Flames. We do have some Flames news to share with you as we open the show today. Nothing major, but they've been pretty quiet on the free agent front. That's expected. The team pretty handicapped right now due to salary cap constraints. But we'll dive into why that might not be the worst things. Talk about some of the signings that we saw over the weekend. Some big money handed out, some long-term handed out. Still some interesting names left. We'll get into all of that as the show goes on. It is a Tuesday, so a WPCA report coming your way. We'll check in on the Chucks here in hour one and in hour two. Like we said, busy around the NHL. One of the teams that's been the most busy, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is it the summer of Brad 2.0? Except this time in Toronto? Klingberg, Bertuzzi, Domi. How are the Leafs feeling right now early on free agency? We'll check in with Brent Gunning from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. And uh, a recap, four weeks into the CFL season, our pal John Hodge from Three Down Nation will be on in hour two as well. Well, Let's kick things off with the news of the day right now. By the way, my outstanding producer's here. Uh, Alongside me, got Azam with me. I got Cam here. Callum's here, Ben's here, we got a busy uh, studio here, two uh, two outstanding producers, two outstanding interns, uh, we're ready to rock here on a Tuesday, starting with the news of the day at the Calgary Flames, development camp roster is out, Flames are hosting their annual development camp for 38 prospects, with on-ice sessions beginning Thursday, July 6th at Winsport, starting at 9.30 a.m. Mountain. Flames release says the purpose of the camp to enhance each player's development process through direction on conditioning and familiarity with the Flames organization. Some names that will catch Flames fans' eyes on this list. 2021 first-round pick Matt Coronado is on the list. A number of 2023 draft picks recently selected in Nashville are on the list as well. First-round pick Samuel Honzik is going to be there. Second-round pick Etienne Moran is going to be there. Fourth-round pick Jaden Lipinski is going to be there as well. A couple of uh, you know big-time prospects in the Flames system are going to be there. Two members of the Calgary Hitmen 
will join the Flames as well. Defenseman Tyson Galloway and forward Oliver Tulk will be there. Coming off two great seasons in the dub, so good to see them get some time around some NHL faces as well. The full list, you can hit to uh, Flames website or on their Twitter and social medias. They've released the full website of all 38 players on the list. To note, Jeremy Poirier, uh, Flames prospect and uh, member of the Calgary Wranglers last year, will be at camp and will not be participating in on-ice activities. And Adar Suniev, third-round pick by the Calgary Flames out of the BCHL, uh, will not attend camp due to problems with the immigration process. So getting his uh, visa figured out, not going to be able to happen in time for Adar Suniev. So he will not be there, or else we would have seen all four of the Flames' uh, top picks in 2023 join them for development camp coming up here. Their full schedule is available on the release. Uh, team Kippersoff and Team Vernon is how the two teams will be divided these uh, for the camp. Like we said, on-ice sessions at Winsport start on Thursday. Go all the way into a three-on-three scrimmage on Saturday. So you can head out and check out uh, what the Flames are doing. See some of the top prospects. Expecting uh, some AHL coaches perhaps to get in on the development process. No word yet on who exactly is going to run the camp from the Flames side of things. I know a lot of people are curious about that because the main choice and the presumptive choice is usually the AHL head coach, but Mitch Love as you're well aware, now a member of the Washington Capitals coaching staff at the NHL levels, and the Flames have not yet named his replacement. So expect a number of different coaches and voices from within the organization uh, to lead things from the Calgary Flames' perspective for development camp once it gets going. Like we said, uh, full training camp schedule for development camp uh, available on the Flames' website, but it all gets going Thursday, July 6th at Winsport, 9.30 a.m., Team Kippersoff. V team Vernon, how things are split up for development camp. And good to see some of those young guys there. I always think it's important uh, to start building those relationships. You've seen plenty of guys come out through the, through the years through development camp. It's not only good for these prospects when it comes to building a relationship with the Calgary flames, but plenty of these guys in other organizations go on to NHL contracts and NHL deals through these camps. Uh, it's the same for the flames. They take from other places as well, but you'll see, uh, other familiar names, part of camp. Yan Kuznetsov is going to be there as well. Uh, interesting to see Cole Huckins is on that list. Uh, former third-round pick of the Calgary Flames who uh, did not retain his signing rights. Uh, Adam Klapka is on the list. Rory Karens is on the list. Ilya Nikolaev is on the list. Toby Roney. William Stromgren on the list. So uh, going to be good to see Flames drafting you know, as many times as they did uh, in Nashville adding to that prospect list, and you get a good chance to see them all in person, and they'll get a chance, of course, uh, during the opening days of Stampede as well to uh, get a look at Calgary, perhaps see what their future NHL home looks like. So that's the news of the day for the Calgary Flames development camp roster released by the Flames. It all gets going on Thursday at Winsport. But we haven't chatted with you since free agency opened across the NHL on Saturday morning. And it was busy. It was lots of money. There was lots of money handed out. Cap Friendly has their ongoing calculator of deals signed and how much money was handed out. In day one, we saw 166 signings, totaling 292 contract years, giving out $650 million plus 
in total contract dollars. Since then, Sunday saw 28 signings, Monday 14, and just a handful of minor league deals signed on this day four since contracts have been uh, available to all 32 teams when it comes to free agents. Just the two for the Calgary Flames, Brady Lyle, right-hand defenseman, 24 years old, signing a two-way deal with the Flames, and depth defenseman Jordan Osterley, most recently of the Detroit Red Wings, as well joining the club, 31 years old, $925,000 deal for Osterley. Both of them spoke to uh, Pat Steinberg on Flamestock on Monday, so if you want to get the latest with the two two newest members of the Calgary Flames, you can go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And look, it was interesting to see over the last couple of days what Flames fans have been saying. I'm always checking out, you know, the forums, Reddit. It's always a big place for me to check out Twitter. I love interacting with you guys on Twitter and seeing what Flames fans are are into and what's sort of worrying the fan base. And uh, look, there's been a level of frustration, I think, around the fact that, and again, this was kind of similar to what happened, I think, those first early days ahead of the draft in Nashville, that a lot of teams are getting a lot of work done at this time of year, and it feels like maybe the Flames are are standing still. At least that's what it felt like heading into Nashville before the Tyler Toffoli trade happened. Then it was quiet for everyone at the draft. And again, the Flames, mostly due to cap constraints, haven't been that busy to start free agency either. Like we mentioned, Brady Lyle and Jordan Osterley, the only two new signings into the organization so far for Craig Conroy. I don't think that's the worst thing, and I'll get into that in just a moment here. But as we hear from Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, the latest 32 Thoughts edition, their final wrap-up edition of the uh, 2022-2023 season, where they go through all 32 teams and get the latest on the happenings around the league. Here's what Jeff and Elliot had to say on where the Flames are, and it might give Flames fans a perspective as to why there hasn't been as much activity for Calgary as as maybe you'd expect. Here's, uh, Here's American Friedman on the latest edition of the 32 Thoughts podcast. We've talked a lot about the uh, the Calgary Flames, and we still do expect more from uh, the Calgary Flames once final decisions are done. But, you know, Jordan Osterley comes in over the weekend, and other than that, for Craig Conroy, it's trying to sort out who's going to be staying and who's going to be going in Calgary. Well, I think that's the thing. I, I, they, they made the deal with Toffoli, but the one thing I've heard since then is the Flames have talked about no rush. They're going to take their time here. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll say they are prepared to take their time here. The Toffoli one they wanted to do, I think they like Sharon Govich. But the other ones, and I think they, like I said, I think that Colorado talked about them with Backlund, but it didn't happen. Now I think they're in a situation where they're saying, let's be patient. They're still winning on Lindholm. They know what Hannafin wants, but they're not in a rush to do it. Same with all their other players. Like, I think one of the interesting things here is I think Toronto likes some of their defensemen, obviously. Yes. But do they want to deal with their former general manager? So there's always that kind of thing, right? So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because I think Toronto likes some of their guys. You know, one of the interesting things is, you know, they're talking a lot about how do we build back Huberto. And I think they've, they've talked a lot about that. And... One of the things I've heard, like when Huberto was in Florida, 
he was a big arranger. Like, are all the players getting together? Um, what's everybody doing tonight? And that didn't happen as much last season because he was obviously in shock and he's on a new team. Like, I've heard he's one of the guys calling the draft picks, you know, making some of the newcomers feel welcome. And I've heard the Flames have taken that as a very good sign that he's, you know, he's getting over the shock and he's getting back to his own personality. I think that's very important to, you know, being successful is being comfortable in your own skin and being who you are. So I think the Flames take that as as a very good sign for where this is going next year. I mean, obviously, I think they'd love to see one of their young kids, whether it be Pelche or Coronado, step forward and step in as well. But I, I know they're really hoping that Huberto bounces back. And there's some optimism that the fact that he seems to be uh, back to being like the the party planner, a bit, for lack of a better term, that he's getting back to himself. It'd be nice to mix in a couple of more right-hand shots. Right now, they've only got two in Lindholm and, and Walker Dewar. Other than that, everybody shoots left. You sound like Ron. He's always big on the right-hand <laughs> on the righty, shot. On the, on the righty-lefty? Well, when you see a preponderance of it, and even going into the minors as well, you say to yourself, hmm... Uh, maybe we uh, maybe we give someone like Matthew Coronado just even a longer look, just because he not only is he a good hockey player, but he also shoots right. So that was the latest on the Flames from Jeff and Elliot on the latest edition of the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. And there's a couple things there. The main one in this conversation is, well, look, Hannafin and Lindholm are holding this thing up, and I think most Flames fans knew that. Interesting to note that Toronto maybe still has interest there. I don't know if that's a road that, that makes a lot of sense right now. I know the guys on the morning show talked a bit about Willie Nylander, and I just I don't know if that's a road you want to go down with your former GM right now. But it, it shouldn't surprise anybody that those are the two big pieces right now that you need to get right. And I'm okay, based on everything that I saw, were there guys in free agency that I liked? and that I thought could be useful members for the Calgary Flames, absolutely. There were some good signings out there. There are also some terrible ones. Am I okay missing out on the caliber of free agent that the Flames did in order to get things right with Lindholm and Hannafin? Yes, I am. There wasn't a guy out there, in my mind, that you needed to fast-forward the process on Hannafin and Lindholm for. There just wasn't. Again, were there good players? Were there some some good value deals had by a couple teams out there? Sure. I also think there were some head scratchers. I'm not paying Alex Kalorn that much. I guess you're, you're Anaheim. You need to to fill out a roster. You know, Lou Lamarillo loves to stretch out term on players, which is one way of going about bit your business. Sins took a massive chance on a unproven goaltender, which has kind of been their MO for the last, I don't know, decade or so. There were good players, but again, was there anybody that I was bending over backwards for in free agency to get that cap space if I'm Craig Conroy? No, there really wasn't. So I'm okay if the MO of this team continues to be, I'm going to wait and see. First of all, it's clear whether you agree with it or not. And I know there's plenty of you that don't agree with it. They're going to wait and see what Lindholm wants to do to a degree. And obviously, I think waiting for the right deal when it comes to Noah Hannaf is important as well. 
So I'm okay with that because I, I know it, it can be, it's that, it's that FOMO, right? It's missing out on, on all of these, these free agents. Everybody's adding to our roster and, and we've only got Austerly and, and Brady Lyles and, and a more of an AHL piece. And I get it. I understand it. It can be frustrating to see everything happen right now, but you've got two pieces that I think are bigger and more important than any free agent piece that was out there for your team. And there's still two months, I think, in my mind to get this done. I don't think you walked into training camp with that, with those two over your head, knowing that those are, I just, it, it's the same thing about Gaudreau, right? It's the same situation to me with slightly lesser caliber of players. I don't want to walk into the season with Lindholm and Hannafin potentially saying, I'm not going to re-sign here, get to the trade deadline, and somehow you're in a playoff spot and then you're not trading these guys because you're in a playoff spot and all of a sudden you're not going to be selling at the trade deadline. You have to get it done before then, in my mind. I don't care if it's late July. I don't care if it's early August. As long as the deal gets done and it's for the betterment of the Calgary Flames, then I think the the patient process is the one to go by. And I know asking any sports fan, I'm the same way. I'm incredibly impatient. I want everything now. If Noel Hannafin doesn't want to be here, then I want a deal now. Why isn't my deal here now, Azam? I don't want to wait. Give me the best deal now. Patience is a virtue. Right? Be patient. I want everything now. I want tweets now. I want stupid rate limit exceeded to go away now. I want all this stuff now. But I, I think if at the end of the day it means Craig Conroy gets the right deal in return for two important players, then I think it's going to be okay. Because again, I just I go through the list and I'm sorry, I just I don't know. Was is anybody that blown away by Vlad uh, saying, Okay, I guess it's a good ad for Carolina, but I mean I'm not pushing Hannafin out the door in the first deal I get so that I can offer Vladimir Tarasenko some money. Again, you know, Patrick, a guy I liked. Injury history, a one-year deal. I just, there are more important things for me right now. And I appreciate, you know, wanting to be involved in it and wanting to see how your team takes shape because everybody else is doing it in a lot of sense. And look, we're going to talk to Brent Gunning in an hour or two about Toronto, and they've reshaped their roster incredibly fast over a two-week period. But it was a different circumstance with different cap hits, you know, different cap spending than what the Calgary Flames have. Yeah, I think you have to appreciate that this is a, a unique situation that Craig Conroy's found him in. I think in a lot of ways he's untangling somebody else's mess in a in a certain term. I'm not putting it all on, on the last person that was here by any means. I think part of that is is this conversation. But it's it's also, you know, for Craig Conroy, if the decision has to be, I had to move out to Foley, Lindholm, and Hannafin in one off season, my first as a GM, I think if you had to give it four to six weeks to make sure that that decision was done right, I think at the end of the day, when we get to September, we get to October, you'll be happy about that. And and knowing that the right decision took time and it was good, it was done in the right fashion. Uh, a couple of texts here at 960-960. Fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. 
If you're listening live, feel free to give us a text, 960-960. Questions, comments, queries, concerns. If you want to know what his alms plans are for Tuesday night, you can go ahead and ask. Uh, Dylan texting in, do we know what's up with Poirier? I don't know um, what's keeping Jeremy Poirier off the ice for the Calgary Flames. Good news is, is that he's going to be at camp, uh, but I don't know uh, as of right now why he won't be on the ice. Uh, our pal Matt and Cochran texting in. Saying they can't start the season with Hannafin and Lindholm on the roster without extensions. You know that the Flames aren't even in a playoff spot, but sniffing around one, they won't be moving them at the deadline. I agree with that for sure. Uh, this text says, uh, Flames and Connie can't lose. They're cool. Don't lose your head. That's how mistakes are made, Logo. What Lindy wants to do will determine so much. Don't panic uh, and make a, a bad deal with, uh, with the pressure to do something. And Kelly and Copperfield texting in saying, okay, why is Lindholm taking so long to make a decision? How can he not know what he's doing? I don't know. That's one I've talked about before. Um, Pat's had the numbers on this on Flames Talk for, I want to say pre-drafts or like two weeks on this. That the Flames have, have offered an eight-year deal somewhere between eight and a half to nine million, maybe a little bit over nine million. So he knows what's on the table. I, I guess the Flames are trying to do right by the player in the sense of not rushing an important decision and not trying to. I, I guess the understanding would be that if you feel like you're going to rush him, you might be rushing him out the door. Whereas, I don't know, maybe some time to ponder it changes his mind. Again, I, I've said this before. At some point, no decision is a decision if you're Craig Conroy. But I also think from a negotiation side point, sometimes putting an artificial deadline on something when you don't need to can put you at a negotiating um, disadvantage, right? If you say, look, if Lindholm's not signed by August 1st, that's it, we're done. Other GMs hear that stuff. That stuff gets around, and I think you put a little bit more on that. So for them, I think you have an internal time when you need to hear from Lindholm. And until that, you know, gets closer, becomes an issue, then I think you, you leave it to then and, and and just operate knowing that the offer is on the table and, and he can make his decision when he's ready to make one. Again, I know what people are frustrated by that um, because it, it feels like you're giving the player all the power. But right now, that player is, whether you agree with it or not, is very important to what happens next for the Calgary Flames, whether he stays or whether he goes. Uh, so that's the latest on the Calgary Flames post-free agency. Nothing to report except for uh, the two signings that you already know about in Brady Lyle and Jordan Osterley, who came over in the last couple of days. Uh, development camp rosters out. You can find that uh, on all the Flames social medias or their website. It all gets going Thursday at Winsport, Coronado, Honzik, Lipinski, Moran is going to be there. Uh, so lots of uh, familiar faces going to be at Winsport over the next couple of days. Uh, for the Calgary Flames for development camp. So it's going to be cool to have some of the Flames' top prospects uh, around town. And Stampede just happens to get underway this week as well. So uh, we'll chat more about the Calgary Flames, obviously, as uh, news appears in the offseason here. We'll continue this hour, though. Around the corner, Tuesday means uh, time to check in on the Chucks. Chance Vegan going to join us after a very dominant performance in Pinocchio. Second win of the season for Chance. He's going to join us, talk about uh, how him and his crew are feeling ahead of the Calgary Stampede. So checking on the Chucks. Stampeders report coming your way. What a massive piece of news from the Stampeders. 
beaten up badly on the wide receiver core. I had put it out there. Maybe, maybe you see a Kamar Jordan come back. You check out an Eric Rogers. How about Mark and Michelle coming back to the organization after four years in the NFL, ready to make some noise for the Calgary Stampeders. Reggie Begleton's off the six-game injured list. That's huge news, especially since uh, you look at the schedule and uh, it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming up this week for the Calgary Stampeders. So we'll get the latest on the stamps coming up with Patty Dumas uh, in uh, uh, just a few moments here, plus hour two. Don't miss it. We'll check in with Brent Gunning on the Leafs, uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. He'll join us and uh, look around the rest of the CFL with John Hodge. All of that and more as Sportsnet Today rolls on. Thanks for tuning in. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We're rolling on on a Tuesday edition of Sportsnet Today. Thanks for tuning in. Whether live or on the podcast, coming to you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, a few days away from Stampede. Oh, major NHL news today. Actually, the biggest kind of story in sports today, <laughs> at least from my Twitter feed, was uh, Joey Chestnut and his hot dog eating ability. This was a major controversy, Azam. They were going to postpone the hot dog eating contest due to weather. Apparently, we can't invent tents or indoor hot dog eating competitions. But Joey Chestnut, 62 hot dogs. Nowhere near his, uh, his record, but now a 16-time champ. And I still get sick every time I try to watch that guy eat any type of food. Doesn't matter what it is. It just it just makes me uncomfortable watching a man devour hot dogs at the rate he does. It's just not good. And he's got a lot of there's there's other disgusting things that he's eaten at world record pace. Hard boiled eggs, which is just I don't want to talk about. Shrimp. I think there's some other ones that chicken wings. It's just I can't do it. Makes me really like. I wonder how long he goes and like. Are these the only days he eats hot dogs? I don't know. We talk about this every year when he wins. It just he makes me uncomfortable, and that's kind of been the main thing today. Uh, we'll get to a WPCA report in just moments. We'll also get the latest from the Calgary Stampeders with Patrick Dumas in a little bit here before the hour's out. Don't miss it. Hour two, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan in Toronto, talking all things Leafs. And uh, we'll recap the rest of the CFL situation with John Hodge from 3 Now Nation. All of that coming up on a busy show. But, yes, it is a Tuesday. Time to go on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. And uh, time for another edition of the WPCA Report. It's time for the World Professional Truck Wagon Association Report. Here are the latest updates from the world of the WPCA and exclusive interviews with the biggest drivers in the sport. The WPCA Insider Report brought to you by the World Professional Truck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com. And joining us 
for the second time on the WPCA report. After a very successful weekend up in Pinoca. Very happy to go down the Atlas Peace and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in, uh, Chance Vegan. Chance, thanks for doing this again today, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Uh, look, if you're back on with us, that means, unfortunately, you got to put up with me for about 10 minutes. But the positive side of that, Chance, is it means you're coming off of a win. How was it uh, in Pinoca for you guys? Pinoco is the best. I love that show. And uh, we just rolled into Calgary here, so I'm excited to be here and try to keep the ball rolling. Uh, six straight first-place runs in six consecutive nights. Uh, that is a record in the WPCA, sir, and one that uh, I imagine comes from a lot of hard work from a lot of different people, a lot of different horses. What does it mean when I hear when you, you hear me say that, that you had six first-place runs in six consecutive nights like that? What do you think of well, I had no idea. First of all, it was a 61-year-old record. And huh. to, to hear that my grandfather was the guy that broke the streak for Dale Flat was just an interesting tidbit. I was in the shoot of Pinocchio waiting to go onto the track, and the announcer mentioned that, and it fired me up. So I'm glad that we got to close it out. It wouldn't have meant much if we would have lost the dash for cash heat, so I'm happy that we got to close it out in style. Uh, going off the fourth barrel, your choice, strength of your horses. Talk to me about why that's the barrel for you guys. Yeah, we went with the one in the semis, and that outfit had gone three nights, and if we would have took the one again, it would have been run number four. And this way, both outfits went three times, and I just have a lot of confidence in that short barrel outfit. They've been they've been basically first place every time I've hooked them off of four this year. So I just, like I said, they were just clicking on all cylinders, and uh, I just feel real comfortable driving them. So uh, that's what we went with, and I'm glad it worked out. Uh, for some of our listeners who aren't aware, Pinocchio, a bit of a longer stretch, more similar to what you guys will see in the Stampede. What kind of adjustments do you guys make heading into some of these longer weekends like the one you had in Pinocchio? For me, it's not going to change anything. Okay. My goal is to just barrel as fast as possible and get out in front and be able to dictate the race. Um, I think Calgary is actually going to benefit me a little bit more because in the stretch is typically where uh, the competition starts to reel me in a little bit more and here with a shorter home stretch, I think it's going to be a little bit harder on those guys to, to catch us if, if everything goes the way that we want it to. But, um, no, with that being said, the horses did run all the way. You don't get six-day monies without them running all the way through the wire, but they do start to reel me in about halfway down the stretch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what these horses can do on this track. I think they're going to really take to it really well. Talk to me about your outriders. Had to switch things up over the weekend, and it's something that you and me talked about when we first chatted. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's something that you know well, but it's not an easy job to hop in there and, and do what those guys do. And you had a couple of guys that really provided for your team in Pinocchio, Chance. Yeah, super tough job and super important, particularly the lead man. You got to kind of be in sync with your lead man. There's a lot of timing involved and it looks pretty simplistic when you're just watching. But for me, if I'm I'm not getting the proper angle at the, the top barrel, it kind of messes up the entire turn. And we had Ethan Motowillo doing a really good job for the first four nights, and then he had to quit us when I got hooked with uh, the defending Calgary champ, Chris Molly, And I replaced him with Trey McGilvery, and then, of course, we got hooked with Lane McGilvery in the final, and he had to ride for his dad, <laughs> and now I'm hooked with Aubrey and Lane in Calgary. So I'm trying to get the mercenary uh, chance lad to stick <laughs> with me, so we got to work out some numbers here yet. Uh, what's it like coming out of Pinocchio with a win like that? Obviously, the dash for cash is great, but you also... Uh, because of your aggregate time, you walk away with a new GMC truck. It's got to be nice to have, you know, a couple of those under your belt heading into a big event like the Stampede, hey? 
It is. I mean, it takes a little bit of pressure off that you've got some important wins in Grand Prairie and Pinocchio, but at the same time, uh, there's still a lot of anxiety in the barn to keep it rolling. Anxiety is the wrong word, but mm. We're, we're right back to work and there's there's still a lot to do and this was the goal coming into the season was to win Calgary and Pinocchio and Grand Prairie are huge shows but um, this is what we've been trying to peak for and the horses kind of surprised me peaking in GP like they did and we've just been trying to maintain them because they're operating at such a high level right now but uh, no there's a lot of work to do yet and like I said I'm excited to be here we're gonna we're gonna be tough to beat here and we're ready to get it on talk to me just about uh, how cool it is heading into Calgary it feels like every driver has that one you know stamped on their schedule you've got a cool one you mentioned how fun Pinocchio is for you guys and you always enjoy that one but what is it about the Calgary Stampede chance that's just different for everybody just the history, um, just the prestige. I remember, you know, driving to this show with my dad, sitting shotgun when, like, as a little kid, how excited we get when you see the Calgary Tower or you're pulling in and you're going to the big show for 10 days. So I still get the same goosebumps. Like, I just pulled in probably two hours ago, and I got the same feeling. It's a little trip down memory lane. And, no, I just I, I love the energy. Everybody gets excited for their show. Everybody's at the top of their game, and this is where you find out who the best is, and I'm excited to see what these horses will do on this track. What's the next couple of days look like for you and your crew, Chance? I'm going to do a couple practice runs and just kind of get the crew on board with what we're going to do come race day and just have everybody in their job so there's no guessing when it's uh, race time on Friday. And we're going to get the third outfit out here a few times in case we have to insert any of those horses into the lineup. Hopefully not. I'm going to stick to eight wagon horses. I got the long pro outfit and the short pro outfit clicking, so we're not going to make any moves. I just want um, the third outfit to be uh, fit and aired up and ready to go and maybe acclimate them to the infield a little bit and they can see the grandstand in case I do have to insert one into the lineup. And uh, chances we always talk about uh, sponsors so big to what you guys do and uh, chance to come off a win in Pinocchio and be back on here. Just let us know again about those people that are helping you guys do what you do this season, the WPCA. Well, they're a huge part of it. You can't do it without them, right? And Wentworth were awesome for us in Pinocchio, and I've got KMA Construction in Calgary, and I've become pretty good friends with Dean Cato, and he wanted to make Pinocchio really bad. He, he kind of missed out, so he's got the FOMO, <laughs> and he's itching to see everybody for Stampede. So I really hope we can keep things rolling for him. Um, um, like I said, he's just been a rock for us, and he's a first-time uh, advertiser, so if we can get some good results and hopefully he can have a good experience and get some work out of it with some potential clients and be back next year. Uh, Chance, congratulations on a great weekend in Pinocchio. It's been a great start to the season for you guys. Best of luck into Calgary and through the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll be chatting with you uh, again after a couple more big wins for your crew. Yes, I would love to be talking to you when those 10 days are over. So (laughs) thanks for the call and we'll keep in touch, hopefully. Take care, Chance. Have a great weekend, pal. All right, cheers, boys. Thank you. Uh, it's the WPCA report. Uh, Chance Vegan joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Just winning a uh, you know, cool $75,000 in a new 2023 GMC truck for a great weekend out in Pinocchio. And I mentioned it there. Uh, a 61-year-old record that he broke. Six straight first-place runs in six consecutive nights. Uh, his crew is absolutely flying as we head into the weekend. And, of course, uh, heading into the Calgary Stampede. Cowboys Rangeland Derby. This is the one that I don't have to sell you on uh, for the WPCA schedule because you know all about it already. You know where to get your tickets. Uh, you know where the grandstand is. The Chucks are one of the greatest events. If you haven't had a chance to go out 
to the Stampede and catch the Chucks going down the final lap uh, at the Calgary Stampede. This is absolutely the year to do it. The field has been incredible. We look like we're heading into a great weekend of shows uh, at the Calgary Stampede, July July 7th to the 16th. Uh, Chance will be there. All of the outfits from the WPCA get lined up for this one. As you heard from him, it just means something different to go into Calgary and after 10 days, uh, and you know, be the, the one that's got the best time and comes out of there uh, with the Rangeland Championship and the WPCA, always, always a big hit at the Calgary Stampede. So a quick reminder, if you haven't got your tickets yet, plan a night, go out there. WPCA.com's got all of your information. Or, as we've told you, if the Stampede's maybe not your thing, there's still a couple more races on the schedule. Uh, heading to High River for the Battle of the Foothills later on in July. I mean, the Strathmore Early August, Dawson Creek still on there. Rocky Mountain House still on there. So plenty to get to, but the big weekend coming up here. Calgary Stampede, the Cowboys Rangeland Derby. Uh, really looking forward to uh, to seeing what the Chucks have to bring. One of the best parts of the Calgary Stampede, in my opinion. Again, WPCA.com for all that information. Our WPCA Insider Report is brought to you by the World Professional Chuck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. Get your tickets now at showpass.com. Uh, Calgary Stampeders uh, will be back in action this week in an early season bye week as we uh, switch things over to football. And man, did they ever need it. Stampeders were ailing coming off of a loss to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at home, 0-2 at home, beat up on the receiver. The offense is beat up. Peyton Logan's hurt. Kadeem Carey's hurt. Reggie Bagleton went down. Malik Henry's done for the year. That's still a crusher to hear about Malik. There's so many young guys. You know, Phil Potts still hurt dealing with an injury. Those are tough, tough injuries for anybody. And then add into this the first season for Jake Mayer as this team's starting quarterback. And it's been a rotating list of characters at the receiver core. Some of them really young. Cole Tucker is going to be an a star in this league, I have no doubt about it. But it's very early on. He's still developing that chemistry, that timing with Jake Mayer. And I think that's why we've seen the Stampeders offense struggle at times. And let's be honest, we don't see the Stamps team struggle at McMahon Stadium like they have to start this season. And now coming off of a bye week, a very tough task coming up on Friday. They will head into Winnipeg to take on the 3-1 and Blue Bombers. But it sounds as though they'll have some reinforcements in tow. Good news is Reggie Bagleton off the six game injured list has practiced the last couple of days. That's good news. And the biggest news of all coming earlier this week, Mark and Michelle back with the group after a four year stint in the NFL, spent some time with the uh, Washington commanders, the Carolina Panthers, an absolute speedster with some great size, great hands helped uh, the Calgary Stampeders with some big victories during his time. Uh, him and Bully Levi Mitchell had a great, great uh, chemistry together, and uh, he was one of the CFL's top receivers during his time. Now he's back, 29 years old, still in the prime of his career, uh, but after finishing up a four-year stint, like I mentioned, in the NFL, he's back with the Calgary Stampeders, and the Stamps are going to need him. They've got a big, big challenge coming their way against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, let's get your latest on the Stamps report from Patrick Dumas. This, this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Duma. The Stampeders were back on the practice field Tuesday after a week away as the group gets ready to head out on the road for two straight 
because of the Calgary Stampede. Their Week 5 tilt against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will go on Friday from IG Field. And after suffering their first loss of the season against BC two weeks ago, Winnipeg had a big bounce back showing against the Alouettes. That defense not allowing a touchdown in a 17-3 win in a stormy Montreal. After the bye week, some old faces were back in the organization. Receiver Mark and Michelle, who spent three seasons with the Red and White and was also a member of their 2018 Grey Cup squad, is back in Calgary after spending the past four years in the NFL. Dave Dickinson spoke to the media about the addition of Michelle. He, he was with us. It was a long time ago. So uh, he's, he's working hard. Uh, you know, when you get, get a new athlete or a new player, you know, he's got lots of things to do. You know, he's got to travel in. He's got to clear his impact concussion tests. He's got to go through his physical. And uh, so he had a lot on his plate. I thought he competed hard and he's trying to get better and we'll just see how much we can uh, get into his brain and see if he's uh, capable of playing. Michelle wearing his familiar number 80. The club also announced the return of Levante Bellamy and Floyd Allen. Both were at the Stamps during training camp and were among the final cuts. This week's opponent, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, has certainly flipped the script on the Stampeders over the past few seasons. You have to go back to week three of 2017 for the last time the Stampeders won a game at IG Field in Winnipeg. And Coach Dickinson certainly is aware of the prowess in recent seasons. Kind of one of those weather games. Those games that don't start on time yeah. are brutal, like, uh, but they're businesslike. They, you know, they've always been, to me, a team that never beats themselves. Um, you know, they get the ball, lots of good things. That's why uh, they're uh, always winning. So a tough atmosphere. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, We've had good battles. We just haven't came up on, came out on top of them lately. So uh, hopefully we can push through. Well, the Stamps have gone through a transition time. Their games in Winnipeg have been close, with only one of them being decided by a touchdown. Taking a look at the latest injury report, nine names, but six were full participants at practice, including Reggie Bagleton, who was acted off, including Reggie Bagleton, who was activated off the six-game injured list on Monday. Titus Wall was also a full participant. Peyton Logan, Luther Hakunavanu, and Kayla Beninok all sat out. Tuesday's portion of the practice was closed to the media, so Wednesday's session will be our final look at the team before they fly out to Winnipeg on Thursday. With your Stampeders report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. Yes, the Stampeders on the road for the next two weeks. Stops in Winnipeg and then into Saskatchewan, where they can hopefully bounce back after the Riders walked into Calgary and picked up a victory in week three, so it'll be uh, stops in Winnipeg on Friday, and then they'll close out the week in week six uh, against the Rough Riders at Mosaic Stadium uh, July 15th for a 5 p.m. kickoff. We will check in on the rest of the CFL with John Hodge in hour two. Big win for the Toronto Argonauts. They dominate the BC Lions. Vernon Adams Jr. with a rough one on Monday. Bombers beat the Owls in a rainy one at uh, in Montreal, and uh, it was the battle of Somebody had to win between the Red Blacks and the Elks back on Friday. Uh, we'll dive into all those storylines with John in hour two, plus a check-in on one of the busier teams around uh, the NHL the last couple of days. It's former Flames GM Brad Treliving in Toronto, making major changes to the Leafs organization just a few weeks into his tenure, uh, and perhaps a big name still out there to move for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll dive into all of that with Brent Gunning from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. When we kick off hour two of the program, that's coming up next. Keep it tuned here to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.